broadcasting from the PilatesPodcast.com. You're listening to Beyond the Movement with your host, Heidi Miller. Hello, and thank you again for joining me with Beyond the Movement, the Pilates Podcast. I'm your host, Heidi Miller. We're ending our series on classical versus contemporary teachings of the Pilates method with our interview with Rachel Taylor Siegel from the Pilates Center in Boulder. She owns the Pilates Center in Boulder with her sister, Amy Taylor Alpers. This training center in Boulder is also the training center where I received my certification. Rachel talks about how she had come to the Pilates method and how she continues to stay inspired to be a teacher of teachers. Speaking of teachers, I am going to be hosting a continued education course at my studio, Mountain View Pilates in Fort Collins, Colorado. And we're going to be hosting Wendy LeBlanc Arbuckle. We had done an interview with her previously. And I will give you more information about that at the end of the show. So here we go with our interview with Rachel Taylor Siegel. Hi, Rachel. Thank you for joining me on today's show. Thank you, Heidi. Why don't we take a few minutes and have you tell our listeners what brought you to Pilates and a little bit more about yourself? Okay. Um, Well, I had grown up as a ballet dancer in Ohio, and um, and when I moved to Colorado, continued that and was in a couple professional companies and taught ballet at a few schools and a performing arts center and you know, ballet dancers uh, have heard about Pilates for a long time because Dance Magazine used to do articles on Pilates. As a matter of fact, I think Kathy Grant wrote some of the articles. And um, so we always heard about it, even though, of course, it wasn't available to anybody back then, unless you lived in New York or maybe Los Angeles or something. And um, at a certain point in the 80s, I moved from Colorado to New York City, and I started taking Pilates um, with Romana Krizanaska, who was one of Joseph Pilates' um, acolytes, <laughs> if the word's okay, and um, students. And she was the one who actually took on his studio when he died, and uh, and Clara had asked um, someone to take it forth from her because she wanted to retire Clara Pilates. And so, um, you know, Romana had a, a ve- was a very uh, intense and close connection to Joe Pilates, having studied so long with him. He, he took her as a young dancer and uh, rehabilitated an, an ankle foot injury for her, and then she just loved it so that she continued on and her children took Pilates and everything else. So we, I studied there along with my sister, um, for three years, we would go to the Pilates studio uh, midtown, and three times a week, religiously, and um, uh, and at first, you know, having been a ballet dancer for so long, I thought, well, this this will be easy, and I was really pretty shocked at how difficult some of the movements were for me. I thought I was all, I thought I was so flexible and so controlled, and yet challenging myself to do some of the Pilates work was was eye-opening and daunting sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> but um, uh, at a certain point, um, my my sister and I were working, I don't know how much detail you want, but my sister As- and I were working at a um, on a grant at the Lincoln Center Library for Performing Arts in the Dance Collection, and our grant was going to be coming due, and so our job was going to be cut off. And we came to Ramana and said, you know, we're going to be leaving New York, 
and we really want to become Pilates teachers. We want to learn everything we can. So we came we came into a kind of apprenticeship situation with Ramana at that point, and we would come to the studio almost every day, and we would just follow her around with our notebooks, watching her teach, um, having her teach us, and then trying to teach it to other people under her watchful eye and, you know, gathering up the pearls as best we could. And uh, that was a really intense period after um, having just been students for quite a while. So, um, and then at the end of that period, um, which was about July of 89, we graduated from her <laughs> apprenticeship and, um, and actually moved away from New York at that time. So that's how I came to Pilates. <laughs> <laughs> and then you ended up going, did you then move to Boulder at that point? Yes. Both my sister and her husband and um, me and my husband, we moved back to Boulder. And um, for a while, we didn't open a Pilates studio right away. And partly that was because at the time, and this was in 89, 90, there, were no, there was only maybe one or two major... Pilates um, equipment manufacturers, and and even using the word manufacturer makes it sound a lot bigger than it was at the time. It was very uh, small time back then, and um, so you know, even if you wanted to open a studio, you were kind of thwarted around the the equipment situation unless you you know had maybe taken measurements of the equipment when you were in. Ramana Studio, which I'm not sure she would even have allowed. I never did ask her to do that. But one day, um, Amy was visiting in New York back. She had gone back to New York to visit, and she was in the studio with Ramana, and in walked uh, a young man who was a student of Ramana's and um, a director of a Pilates program at SUNY Purchase uh, College in New York, and he was starting to build equipment with her blessing. So, you know, we just happened into this lucky situation where she introduced us to Steve Giordano, who then eventually came out to Boulder and literally built um, our entire studio, along with a man who still makes Pilates equipment, although in a very small artisan kind of way, Mark Spinard, here in Boulder. And um, and then we got to open our studio in 1990. Um, you know, we were kind of sitting... Uh, on our porch, on Amy's porch swing, one summer afternoon, um, before she had gone to this visit in New York and saying in that way that sisters do on summer afternoons, what do you want to do? I don't know. What do you want to do? <laughs> she had been teaching Pilates at the university, or she had been teaching ballet at the university, uh, uh, CU in Boulder, and um at the time, and I didn't want to teach ballet anymore and was kind of looking around to see, you know, could we teach Pilates here? And um, she just said, you know, we have to open a Pilates studio. And then she went to New York and ran into Steve, and so then we actually made it happen. And then when did you um, decide to start the training school? Well, it was almost... It was in our vision probably from the beginning mm-hmm. because uh, both of us had been teachers of ballet for so long and we had, um, like I had taught ballet probably for 11 years, Amy probably about the same really in New York. And um, I had act- when I was in New York, I actually taught at the Alvin Ailey School for a while, for about a year. So, 
you know, we had been teachers for a very long time, and um, when Steve came to do our to build our studio for us, he and Ramana had been speaking together about actually creating a true training program, not just the apprenticeship kind of situation that Amy and I went through. So Steve and Ramana um, were already working on it, and Ramana was gracious enough to permit us to kind of tag along. And so as those two, and with our input as well, uh, worked on the training program, They, we kind of built it both in New York and then got to um, – uh, have it here in Boulder too, and for the so we opened our studio in November of 1990, and then in 91 we started our training program. And uh, Steve and Romana were our teachers here in Boulder. Romana would fly out; she probably flew out three or four times in the first two years. And Steve was living here at that time for a while, so. Um, we had a, our first year of a training program had about 12 trainees who all joined together and lasted the whole year and graduated together. Ramana signed their certificates and, you know, it was all very thrilling. And then after about another year or so, Steve left and then Amy and I took on the training program totally by ourselves. Wonderful. And a wonderful program it is. <laughs> I could say that since I was there. <laughs> um, and then, so what? My next question is: um, so, first of all, with your training program, do you consider the, so you would consider that what you're teaching is classical Pilates? Yes. Yes, I would. Although, uh, you know, I'm not sure if Joe Pilates, Lila, or Ramana would have used the term classical. It's okay. Kind of. You know, it's kind of a term that has come in the back door to um, defend or to define what is taught as best as possible the way Joe taught it compared to, you know, the um, evolution. I'm not even sure that's the right word, but Mm -hmm. the, you know, the continuing um, expansion of what Pilates... uh, exercises and even applications has grown into. Absolutely. I agree with with that as far as, you know, I don't like using the term, uh, you know, in my, uh, in in these series, I'm talking about classical versus contemporary teachings of the Pilates method, Uh you know, making sure that the Pilates method is, you know, the Pilates method. But because of that, you know, there is, there's so much, you know, because it is, we do kind of have to defend, you know, um, the method, you know, then we kind of have had to, you know, use the term classical. Right. Um, so you how, know, oh, go ahead. Well, I was going to say that it was really interesting and wonderful to me that as the Pilates Method Alliance um, grew and, um, you know, over the last five years or so started to try and create the certification exam and and also the training booklet that would go along with it, um, Amy and I both were um, involved, Amy as a board member and I as a um, consultant, along with quite a few other Pilates instructors around the uh, world. Um, it was a varied group who, who would come together for these, tr- these sessions where we would try and figure out what was... Uh, possible in the Pilates method to actually uh, examine in a 
in a test. And so we were dealing with, you know, people from Ron Fletcher's um, lineage and from Eve Gentry and from Romana and um, even Alan Herdman and, you know, from all different areas and all different lineages of the Plies method. And we all did so well together, (laughs) which was, you know, wonderful for all of us to acknowledge that we could do that, even though we had some quite differing opinions about things. And as it turned out, you know, everyone pretty much agreed, however, that the bottom line was to uh, the information, first and foremost, that had to be uh, written down as the Pilates method was the classical, quote-unquote, classical work um, as taught, as the elders could best remember by Joe and Clara. So it was, it was really, you know, a wonderful affirmation mm-hmm. and also um, insight into the Pilates teachers who have gone forth and taken the work into their own, um, you know, individual interests and, and deepened um, certain avenues of what the work can do in a client's body, but taking it away from where Joe, how, how Joe and Clara had been teaching. Sure. Contrology, yeah. So with, um, when were you taught um, with the Pilates method, were you taught with a tucked spine or a neutral spine? <laughs> <laughs> you know, this is a has-been question now, Heidi. We're beyond the neutral spine. <laughs> you know, um, uh, I'd have to say that um, Romana definitely taught a tucked pelvis, mm-hmm. and I'm not sure if she ever really articulated it to us why, um, but I came to believe that um, she felt strongly that all beginners were very weak in their belly, uh-huh. and one of the quickest ways and and like simplest ways to get your belly stronger was to shorten it. So by tucking the pelvis, you know, you you just, you shorten all your abdominal muscles, and so they're going to get stronger in the Pilates movement. And so um, I'm not sure Joe Pilates actually taught that as as, um, continuously or absolutely or something like that as Romana did and and may still, I'm not sure. and but that but that was the result of it. So beginners who came with very slack abdominal muscles would find their bellies getting stronger right away. Mm-hmm. Now it has, in my opinion, of course, um, limitations to it. And so when it's no longer useful, it and if, or if it never is useful at the beginning, maybe someone comes to you already super tucked in their body and needs to be. Um, balanced a different way, but, you know, definitely a, a good Pilates teacher will only use techniques and and even deeper than that, body uh, mechanics to serve the individual client. Does that answer your question? That's perfect. <laughs> That's, yeah, exactly. So, and then when, you know, when I say Neutral spine, I just want to clarify for the listeners, what I mean by that is is an open spine so that when we strengthen each an individual's body, depending on the natural position of their pelvis, that could either be, um, as you said, it could either be they're, they normally are tucked or maybe they're normally lordotic, but what mm-hmm. we're trying to find is a balance between 
you know, those two extremes for a neutral or open spine in that individual's body, which can be very different for everybody. But, you know, the idea of how we're strengthening the core three-dimensionally around that low spine that is open and neutral in, you know, in their, in their a more natural standing position would be what we're talking about when we talk about strengthening the deep core. Is that, would you uh, agree with that? Um, Mostly, I think I'd like to say that, you know, we don't do Pilates to do Pilates well. Mm -hmm. That's not really the point. The point is to have a healthy body that can move in a myriad of ways healthfully without our having to even think about it. Right. We don't have to live thinking, oh, I, I have to only twist this way because of my low back or... You know, I, I was told never to bend at the hips. I only have to knee bend to go down and pick something up. You know, we should, I mean, the, the point of doing Pilates is to get beyond all that and to have a healthy body that um, moves naturally as Joe Pilates desired and, and envisioned. And so um, I think when a Pilates teacher requests certain mechanics out of any part of the body, they're looking to see where the weaknesses are, where the tightnesses and the loosenesses and, the, and all those things are, and they're trying to come up with a, a um, formula or a, or a, a momentary program, and, and maybe it's, it lasts for a week, maybe it lasts for a year, depends on how the body responds, to help balance the weaknesses and the tightnesses and et cetera so that the body does become uh, inherently balanced and and graceful and efficient and and the and the mind doesn't have to be occupied outside of Pilates exercises with taking care of it. Exactly. You know I mean? Yeah, I do. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. Very. Um, you're very eloquent with your words, and I love that. <laughs> um, <laughs> so what? Um, so with all that said, then what keeps you inspired as a teacher of teachers and a teacher? Um, yourself? Um, I think two things. One is that I think all Pilates teachers are fed by giving. And so in any relationship, whether it's of a trainee, it's with a trainee or a client, um, what really is inspiring is the sharing of an experience and the the teachers helping someone else uh, do better, understand deeper, uh, expand further, you know whatever their goals are helping to helping them reach their goals and and possibly our goals too, which might be different than theirs at the same time. Um, so being fed by sharing, I think, is is my biggest inspiration. And then second of all, I think that, you know, there, in my opinion, there isn't a more complicated and expressive instrument than the human body to deal with. I mean, if you think of someone teaching a student how to play the violin, and that's a very complicated instrument and and the range of expression from it is maybe uh, infinite. Mm-hmm. I think that the human body is more complicated and and more infinite. <laughs> <laughs> and so, you know, there's 
there's no way if you if you stay intrigued and open to the possibilities in front of you with that other human being, you could grow bored or tired because every human on any given day comes to you with a whole different set of needs and and experiences and and it's your job as the teacher to delve in there and find what they haven't found yet and help them to find it. So I would say those are my two inspirations. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much, Rachel, for giving me your wonderful insight on my (laughs) show today. And if somebody would like to get a hold of you, um, is email the best way to get a hold of you? Uh, yes, we have our, our website is thepilatescenter.com, and our, in, our email, which you can get through the website or separately, is info at thepilatescenter.com. And uh, you can always reach me at rachel at thepilatescenter.com. Um, and then our phone number is 303-494-3400 for information that you want to talk human to human. Great. Well, wonderful. Well, thank you again so much. And uh, I know our listeners will really enjoy listening to the show. Thank you, Heidi. It was really a pleasure. Thanks again for listening to Beyond the Movement, the Pilates podcast. Again, we were ending our series with classical versus contemporary teachings of the Pilates method. And as you heard in our interview today, we're, we want to emphasize that the Pilates method is the Pilates method. But that what we are discussing is how classical is being used as a way to defend what the actual method is. But without saying that it can evolve into the way that we're teaching the Pilates method. We're not closing our conversation as far as if any of the listeners would like to um, email or voicemail in your thoughts on the Pilates method and and kind of the direction that it has taken um, in our society. And more on the continuing education course that I'm going to be hosting at, at my studio, Mountain View Pilates in Fort Collins, Colorado. It is 12 credit hours and it is going, it is Um, accredited by the Pilates Method Alliance. Um, You can get more information on my website, www.thepilatespodcast.com. Again, I would love to hear more from you out there and especially suggestions on what you would like to hear about next in the show. Thanks again for listening, and we'll be talking with you next time. I'm your host, Heidi Miller.